Oh, man, I just lost a chunk of my nest egg in the market whipsaw. Oh, sorry to hear that. Looks like I'll be wearing a yellow apron well into my 70s. Welcome to Wall... Hey, don't get down. Get educated. Listen to the Total Financial Hour with host Arif Halaby Sundays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. What did you learn? How not to go backwards with the market, my friend, and have the opportunity to move forward with market growth. That's exactly what I need. So learn about your financial power with the Total Financial Hour Sundays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. here on AM870, The Answer. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halavi, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with me. The Total Financial Hour, your place for news talk and information. I love it that we get a chance to discuss what's happening real time, if you will, in the economy, make some adjustments, right? Uh, everybody has predictions, whether it's the end of the year, or the beginning of the year, everybody has ideas. Sometimes they're right. I always think whenever these talking heads come in on Saturday or Sunday morning on uh, the television and they talk about these financial shows, you know, you see them on CNBC and of course, uh, Fox Business, and they always talk about, well, this is what I predict for the coming quarter and this is what's going to happen. What I think we should do is you spend the first half of their interview reviewing the uh, predictions they had made in previous months and years. This is what they said was going to happen. Did it really happen? And then if if it, they didn't, right, then, then we get rid of them. We say, listen, your predictions are no better than just rolling dice because you've been wrong. And yet, because the folks look good or they fit a particular race or ethnic or gender, right? You can put them on TV and show you that you're inclusive. I love it. You're inclusive. But but are you any good? No, but look at them. They look good in a suit. Darn it. Well, how about just hiring good people? Well, you know, we've tried that. And since you're all a bunch of racists, you know, it doesn't work. Okay, well, I guess we have to hire whatever checks the box. The fastest way to a sinking ship is to promote people's cousins, mothers, brothers, right? You've seen it in small towns where good people don't get the jobs and so they leave because you didn't know the town mayor or you weren't a relative of the commissioner of so-and-so. It's really the, the poison for a lot of small towns in America, even today. Small towns have failed in some cases because instead of hiring the best people for the job, oh, you're Jim Bob's nephew, or you're Laquan's cousin, and you end up with the poison that, that infested South Africa that, that turned that into from one of the top economies in Africa to, to uh, in some cases, a, a shooting gallery. You see that across the South, across the North, any place from Boston to D.C., right? A lot of people don't realize the end of their story is simple. You tell me who you're related to and I'll find a job for him. 
Well, you would think that's silly. You would say, well, we can't run a country that way. Some people do. Some people run their departments. And when it comes to picking the right person for a job in a corporation, small business, right, a a city, a county, if you did a legitimate job at, at advertising, right, so you got the right people, I understand you know Susie, right? You know her. You know her family. She comes from a good family. So maybe she has a leg up in the interview. I get it. You know, everybody wants to be around people they know and like. Strangers are difficult to be around. That's why the insider gets the job and promotion, right? That's why a lot of these big companies will do things, you know, to look good because the Department of Labor says you have to advertise for three straight days and you have whatever. Everybody knows that Steve over in, in uh, you know, building three, he, he already has a job, right? People know that. You know it, I know it, everybody knows it. Okay, but what happens now when instead of a company dragging its feet and doing so-so, now what happens when a nation doesn't hire the right people for the job, it hires the right race, religion, gender, whether or not they wear a dress, whether they're supposed to wear a dress, right? Oh, we have to be reaffirming of their trans. You could do whatever you want. I don't, I don't mind. It's your life. It's not mine. Last thing I want to do is try to control your life. All of us have a hard enough time with our own. But what I don't want you to do is to tell me that I have to, you know, call up, down, or or left, right, or black, white, right? If all of a sudden you guys run around and tell me, you know, cats are now going to be called dogs. I go, why? Well, because we don't want to offend cats. I I know, but but it's still a dog. No, 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 no. Don't let him hear you say that. You could get terminated. You could lose your your job. You could, you know, the bank. The bank will decide not to work with you or your company ever again because it's a bank. <laughs> like, I guess we're calling cats dogs then. Right? Pe- people forget. So, so where does this come into your life today? Because in the economy, in the economic team of the United States, instead of hiring the right people to fix this mess, of inflation and the response to COVID, which I'm going to encourage you to always say, the response to COVID. COVID didn't do anything. It's the response. The response to COVID on a national level and shutting down and and masking everybody and making everybody turn in everybody else, right? You got the the Vichy, the French Vichy snitches running around, right? Kids telling on their parents, kids hiding stuff from their parents. That all comes from the federal government. Why? Why? Because the right people are in the job or because check boxes have been done. So here's what we see. You ready for this? Stagflation. That's when incompetent people, this is my definition, by the way, the, I'll tell you when I go, go back to the Webster's Dictionary, but my definition is when incompetent people hire, promote, encourage people in positions that shouldn't be there because why? Because they don't belong. They have no clue how to fix the mess. They're the ones usually that got us into the mess. And they're certainly the ones that may have a lot of, oh my gosh, look at uh, look at those degrees. Man, I could fill half of this wall. Yeah, but, but uh, I, I got a question. Have you ever run a business before? Well, you know, I, I've consulted on, yeah, I got it. You're 28 years old. And what have you done? Worked for government. If you messed up at any time, 
Did you ever lose a paycheck or not pay somebody? No, 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 because the government paid you. So even if you messed up, there's no consequences. Because the moment somebody gave you consequences, you said it was what? Because of my race, religion, ethnicity, uh, my, my desire to wear a dress on a Tuesday, right? All of those things is the reason people are messing up. Oh No, probably because you have no clue how to run a business. Probably because you have no clue how math works. Just saying. So along comes stagflation. Here's the official definition. Persistent high inflation combined with high unemployment and stagnant demand in a country's economy. That's a pretty good definition. Why does that matter to us? Okay, let's think about it. Persistent high inflation. Check that box. High unemployment. Don't believe the Biden administration's 3.6 numbers. That is a lie. It's a lie. Where do you think it? Where did everybody go that were working three years ago? Right? (laughs) Where did everybody go? We had low unemployment three years ago. We did. Right? Everybody was working. You got promoted. You had second and third jobs. Why? Because you wanted second and third jobs. Nobody made you work. But this was the time to save, to build. Your skills weren't good enough to get one job that paid the same amount. Like me when I was young, right? I had to have two and three jobs because nobody would pay me the same amount to work one job. I'm 21 or three or whatever years old. You're a kid. So, of course, you're supposed to work two or three part-time jobs. Oh, but now people took their money. They're doing their gig economy stuff. They're doing their side hustle. Nothing wrong with all of that. But guess what? They're not working at the restaurants or the stores. An entire chain of three restaurants I know in a small town, a medium-sized town, they had to shut down the entire place. It's one of those, you know, pizza order where you order your pizza and you go down the line like a subway. I I love those kind of places because I like certain things on my pizza. My wife likes other things. The kids like other things. It was a great place. We walk in one day and it says we're closed except for Monday, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Because of a labor shortage. Oh, okay. We come back another day and they say, uh, we had to shut down because of a labor shortage. I'm, what? A man and or a woman lost their life savings because to open one of those stores, folks, it is hundreds of thousands of dollars. And there was more than one. There were people who, who paid their car payment and went out to dinner with their family and bought clothes and other things based on working there. And now, right? So, so you, I don't have to tell you this. Just go somewhere. So when the, the Biden administration says 3.6% unemployment, I'm telling you, it's not true. It is just not true. And the sad part, ready for this? They know it. Now, if you're a dummy, if you're, if you're like a, you know, grad student from something and you've worked in the Biden administration and you're 28 years old, yeah, I call you a dummy because you don't know anything about life, right? You've never owned rental property. You never had to fix things that other people messed up. You just kept getting a paycheck. Oh yeah, you whined a few times, but, but, but what did you do? Like, like, did you ever make anything or sell anything? I, I, I don't think they're bad people. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think you take advice from them. Don't take advice from me on how to fix your car either. Just so you know. (laughs) I I push a button and it works. And if it doesn't, I I call somebody. 
So if I'm going to get under the hood, I'm going to say, oh, I think we need to be taking that, uh, you know, flex capacitor and move it over to the WBGB. Yeah, yeah. You're going to say, wow, here. Did you rebuild that 69 Camaro back when you were a kid? I'm going to say, well, absolutely. Well, actually, my neighbor did, and I helped kind of sand down the paint a little bit. So, yeah, I guess I was involved in the rebuild. You're going to say, mm, talk to somebody else about that. Right? Just because you're around things doesn't mean you make those decisions. The Biden administration has put in the most incompetent people in charge of the economy. Oh, but look at their old and white and gray hair. How can they be incompetent? Look at that. They bounced around from this job to that job. Treasury secretary to Fed chairman, Fed chairwoman to Treasury, to economic advisor to, I get it, incompetent. They're the ones that created the mess. Do you not realize that? You can't flood the system with money and expect different results. A full stagflation, here's another kind of basic definition. A full stagflation with much lower growth and higher inflation. Now, what is the temperature? It says the temperature to reduce the real value of large nominal fixed rate debt from central banks. So here's part of the problem. To fix this, they're going to have to do one of two things. You either have to let the country have massive inflation because as you try to tighten inflation, you think that the job is the government needs to fix things. So they get involved. We're going to fix the supply chain. We're going to create. And then this week, Biden administration shuts down extra drilling. Cancels them, in fact. Cancels the leases. And I'll tell you this. In a year or two, they will be found by a unanimous Supreme Court because it happened to, to Obama, President Obama by unanimous Supreme Court to be unconstitutional in what they do. But the damage will have been done, just like when President Obama did it, January 30th, I think, of 2009. It was basically two weeks after he took office. Shut down all the drilling in the Uintah Basin, northern Utah, uh, southern Wyoming, and northwestern Colorado. That whole basin shut down drilling. Collapsed, yes, collapsed that economy. They had no understanding of the human being because none of those people in the Obama administration actually worked for a job. They all worked for the government. And so, two and a half years later, August of uh, 11, Supreme Court unanimously says, you can't do that. President Obama is interviewed. And he says, we knew that we couldn't do it, but look at how what we did. We had relocated all the drilling rigs. They're not going to come back for a long time. We had saved the economy. We, had, we have done this whole thing about uh, climate change. Look at how good we were. And we knew we couldn't do it, but we did it anyway. And we bought ourselves some time. That's exactly the Biden's strategy. We know we, we can get away with it. And we're just going to drag our feet. So that's what he's going to do. So here's the challenge. Stagflation. What do you do? Your retirement, maybe you retired two years ago or you're going to retire in two years. You're in that window of time. We call it the golden five, right? Five years before retirement, five years after. That's a big challenge. And here's the reason. Because you're going to usually have large purchases or start shifting money around five years prior to retirement. And the same thing after retirement. It's when big decisions are made. We're going to move or we're not going to move. We're going to buy an RV for $1,500 a month or we're not. We're going to buy a vacation home. We're going to travel. We're going to sell off or buy. 
right? Big decisions, financially or speaking, in that window, that 10-year window, so five before, five after. If that's where you are, maybe we can help because you have to position things in a way, in my opinion, for guaranteed reliable retirement income, ready for this, that can increase over time. Because whatever inflation is, you may have the, uh, the, the capability to just flip a switch and just keep on going. Let's increase it. Let's make it, let's let it grow. And we can do that. Fixed and fixed index annuities have that feature if done correctly. And, and by the way, guys, I'm not the, I, I tell you this before. It's kind of like stating the obvious, but there's a lot of good guys out there that do what I do. I'm not the only one that, oh, I have a magic formula, so call me now or in 10 minutes it goes away. No, come on, out of integrity, guys, this, this is simple. The problem is this, a lot of, quote, financial professionals, they're not paid the same on these products, they're just not. Or their they're supervisor's supervisor, they're not allowed to, to consistently create an income stream like they do when they manage your own investments, right? When they manage your, your quote, retirement account or your investments, it's something that goes on and on and on, it pays forever. One, one and a half the other day, I had a, somebody come in from Fisher. It was nearly 2%, and they lost their money. If you like that kind of risk, because you could have an amazing upside, right? If they select the correct stock, you could win big, or groups of stocks, you could make a lot of money. With us, you're going to make between zero and about maybe 12 or 15%. That's it. A reasonable return expectation over time, eh, maybe three to six. But the income increase can be a lot higher than that. That means you can earn more money over time in a paycheck. And that's what makes the difference. Because what I don't want you to do is to think that you're stuck in this, this you know, circle of inflation. And then the, the goods and services you want to buy. Have you, have you seen baby formula? What is this? Uh, 1960 Soviet Union? Uh, I mean... We're going to have one pair of shoes that we can buy, right? We have them in black and white. Which color do you like? Black with white stripes and white with black stripes. That's it. What color do you want? The Biden administration has kowtowed to the, to the Chinese. So you can't see any help there. So you have to make decisions, guys, based on what's right for your family. Not what's right for your broker. He's been part of the family for 30 years. His dad, his mother, brother, they all worked with, great. They did very well under the accumulation phase of your life. Under a low inflation environment, they did very well. Fantastic. Okay, those are good things. I like it. What I don't want is the other side, which is this. I don't want you to be somebody who says, okay, now the economy has shifted, and it has. The story is over. We have turned the page. We are no longer in a low inflation, high employment world. We broke the economy, and instead of fixing it, they're making it worse so that you have to go, okay, please, Mr. Newsom, can I have some food? Can I have some gruel? Here you go, gruel for you, mister. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you. You're ama- Can I vote for you again? <laughs> right, can I, can I, can I, 
can I vote for you one more time? Because this is the problem. You have to fix your situation. And yes, I say it's a problem. Very simply, it's a problem. Because a lot of us have gone our whole life counting on the big companies. It doesn't matter the companies. You counted on Disney. You counted on, uh, I don't know, Toyota, Nestle, the big companies. Many of them are gone now. They left California. Disney's relocated quite a few jobs to another state, remember? Toyota's gone from California. Nestle, Allstate Insurance, they all left. They're the ones that we're putting into the system so that we could afford to pay all the illegals and others. So my point is, somebody has to pay this? And if you don't understand that they can either take it from you through inflation or through taxes, I'd prefer you take it from me through taxes. Here's why. Because I can leave. I can choose to buy things or not. I can push my income off to the future so I can delay some of those taxes. Right? You can do some things to kind of manage and walk through your financial life. Here's the challenge as we go through this. What do you do? What do you buy? How do you live under a stagflation environment? Very simply, I like the idea of laddering. You've heard me talk about it before because it has many uses. Laddering or structuring your income through annuities, not the variable annuities. I don't like variable annuities because you can lose your principal. I don't like them because there's lots of risk with them and there's huge fees, often very much hidden fees. People don't know what they're paying. So, I like fixed and fixed index. Are they right for everybody, for all of your money? Of course not. But for some, if you want reliable retirement income, if you want a ladder or structure your income, in other words, you have money coming in, okay, bills are going up, we turn on another one. Money coming in, life is good, we turn on a third. So you can turn it on, in other words, that means start income, getting a direct deposit, just like a pension or a paycheck, and ready for this? Social security and your pension is basically a form of an annuity. That's it. You, you, can, you can structure your life so you do what wealthy people do, which is they take their retirement income and you use it for your life. But what do I give my kids? A lot of us, my dad's side, me, I've inherited that. Our goal was to leave something to our children. Right? That's what you did. When you, when you come to this country, it's an ethnic thing. We stand on my dad's shoulders. My dad stood on his dad's shoulders. Right? It's how you kind of launch yourself into the future is to help your children. It's, what, it's honorable. That's what I do. But don't give your kids retirement money. They'll only get about half. Maybe a little bit more, but not much. So instead, what do you do? Well, you leave them real estate. You leave them life insurance. Both of those are tax-free. You make a difference in the world with a church or a charity or an organization, and you leave them your retirement money. And guess what they get? All of it. All of it. They don't have to split anything with the government. It's retirement money, but it's going to a charity. Wow. Imagine how honorable your life's work by giving all of it to an organization and not just half to your children, who are going to do the same things that you avoided, by the way, which I wanted to buy a nice car, a big boat, and take a trip to Europe. Guess what your kids are going to do? They're going to buy the boat, car, and trip to Europe. You delayed so you didn't buy those things so that you'd leave something for your kids. They never earned it, so there's no emotional attachment to it. 
So when you say, hey, you were going to get 300000 they say, well, I'm going to take it all out right now. You say, well, then you'll only get about 180 oh, It doesn't matter. 180 is better than nothing. I didn't have 180 yesterday. Yeah, but yeah, but your parents worked for all of that 300. Well, it doesn't matter. If the government gets 120,000, I get 180, I can do a lot with 180,000. I'm thinking, "Whoa. Imagine the difference you could have done in a cause or an organization, a synagogue, a church, a charity that matters to you with all 300. You could have done something amazing. So leave your kids real estate, life insurance, right? Certain things that are tax-free, that matters to me. Roth IRAs, for example. All right, stay with me. When we come back, I'm going to talk about some of the dangers on the horizon. Stagflation is here. How long will it last? I'll give you some general ideas when we come back. 888-99-RETIRE. I'm Eric Halby. That's 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. We'll talk to you in a bit. Stay with me. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for being here. I appreciate you staying with me. I'm Arab Halabi. The total financial hour on your place for news, talk, and information. This is your family's finances. Of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future. That's what we're talking about. Uh, we were talking about a, a few things, and one of those specifically, ready for this? is the the inflation that the United States feels. And what's kind of important in this story is, you know, who's at the leadership? Who's at the helm? Because you have to look at it and say, there's an overarching theme here because the rest of the world, especially China, can absorb inflation, right? I mean, you understand that. Let's say half of their population makes $5 a day, right? In dollars, there's a time to use percentages and dollars. We're going to talk dollars for a second. So when you have those dollars, you have $5 a day and more money is printed and it's circulating and it's going around and you can't really raise the, the prices as much because people's wages aren't catching up. So then you have too much product. So then the prices start to come down, right? There's a cycle and there's a balance that's done. And we've done okay with it. We still have made some big mistakes over the last 20, 30 years. But we've done okay, except, ready for this? China can take those folks in the interior that make $5 a day and double their wages to $10 a day. Well, here's the good news. By doing that, what do they give? Well, they give themselves something pretty interesting. And that is a 100% pay raise. Now we're at percentages. And what do they do on the other side? Well, they've because there's more than 10 guys making five bucks an hour, right? There's mil, tens of millions of people. What they ended up with on the other side is simple. They've absorbed all the inflation. So they stand there and say, bring it on. 
bring it on. The United States, almost everybody in this country has carpet on the floor, heater, uh, a car of transportation of some sort, right? Bus system, a cell phone, and on and on. Meaning when you spend money into the interior of the United States, it isn't like you have to get food, shelter, and clothing. The government has these huge programs that used to be called soup kitchen lines, and now they're called EBT, SNAP, Chat, Chad, whatever. Look, single mom, three kids, jerk of a husband, I get it. That's not my point. You have a lot of 24-year-olds, very healthy and strong, who say, you mean I can just kind of skate by like I did in high school, in life, and I'm going to get free this and government that and unemployment this? I'll take it. That's the ones you got to say, listen, on Tuesday and Wednesday, you want free something or other? You got to show up at this intersection and we're going to we're going to get into a car or van and we're going to go clean up the freeways. Uh we're going to we're going to clean out the riverbeds. Ready for this? This is a great thing. My environmentalist friends. We're going to pick up the trash in the the dry lake riverbed things that uh, run throughout all of uh, Southern California. I, I get it. You're going to be lazy. The, the, those folks don't work very fast. Not all of them, very few of them. Okay, well, that's fine. Listen, you're doing something. And then you're going to make a decision. You know what? I'd rather sleep in and I'm going to work another job because I don't want to spend my Saturdays or my Tuesdays cleaning up the sides of freeways. Maybe there's some dignity left in the folks that say, I'm willing to do this as long as I can. And then I am done. I'm out of here. I've had to work jobs like that. Right, I, I've, Most of you know this. In the summers of 84 and 85, my job was to clean the bathrooms in a public park in Granada Hills. Why? Because I needed the money. And we had fun, and I took pride in my work. The very first time my supervisor came and said, Eric, you didn't do a good job. It's supposed to be this, this. And I went, okay, that's it. Never did he have a problem with it ever again. I took pride in my work. I didn't want him to come back and say that I did a bad job. He did that the very first time. And I said, wow, I just wasted my time. I have to do this whole thing all over again. And I look less than in his eyes as an employee. I said, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to, I'm going to do a good job. So I, I share that with you because I was a 16 year old, 17 year old young man. What if today's 16 and 17 year olds were cleaning bathrooms in public parks? Do you think they would enjoy it? Do they? We would sing songs. We'd play our radio There, you because know, there's the two guys on my side and, and two ladies on the ladies' side. And we'd stay busy. We'd have fun. right? You would do stuff to stay active. And when we received our paycheck, we were prideful about it because we knew we worked for it. You want to fix the system? You go to Homeless Eddie's down the street and you say, hey, guys, come on now. You got to clean it up. Or you don't receive anything anymore. China can absorb these things. We cannot. Because we're afraid to offend little Johnny. Or Susie. Right? Because she's busy being an influencer. Or trying to be an influencer. Getting their free government money. Thinking, you know, the rich people are paying for it. You can't tell me both things. Right? You can't say rich don't pay their taxes. And then on the other side, uh, I deserve it because the rich are too rich. Right? You can't take from somebody that doesn't pay their taxes. So if you're trying to tell me they don't pay their taxes, then you don't get to take money from them because somebody's paying it, probably the middle class. 
So why do I bring up China? Because here's the problem. Jimmy Carter had a chance to save the Panama Canal. And instead of thinking like an American, he thought like a globalist. Instead of thinking with his mind, he felt he thought and, and uh, acted with his heart. So China made some promises. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure the intelligence department knew that China would buy the Panama Canal because the Panamanians, although being trained how to run it, if, if you give them cash, they're like, wait, 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 you're, you're kidding me. You're going to give us all that money and build our infrastructure and give us gold? We'll take it. So we give the Panama Canal back to Panama from the United States back to Panama. Instead of renegotiating or signing a better treaty, we give it back to them. They take it within short order. Guess what China does? Hey, I understand you got a Panama Canal for sale. They said, well, yeah, we do, in fact. So guess who takes the Panama Canal? China. Yep, China. Thank you. So that's Jimmy Carter's claim to fame. Along the way, Bill Clinton had a chance with Hong Kong to negotiate with Britain. It was happening right around the same time. Britain is involved, uh, you know, 99-year lease, giving Hong Kong back to China. Hong Kong was a jewel of Asia. British speaking, the Chinese spoke fluent English because that's how they, from the time they were young, they were educated, the, the Hong Kong Chinese. Brilliant in business, economies uh, of scale compared to anybody else. They understood it. They did it. Instead of Bill Clinton coming along and putting a little pressure and understanding how to make things work, he backs off, doesn't use the American influence. Surprise, China has now corrupted Hong Kong. China comes along again. President Obama, we'll get to that in another show. But what's the most recent? Well, Afghanistan. Oh, wait, who was... who? Oh, Biden, yeah, Joe Biden. So President Joe Biden flees Afghanistan with billions in top American military equipment leaves it flees an embarrassment a Vietnam type withdrawal flees leaves it behind and guess what happens oh within short order China comes along and says hi Afghanistan I understand you have some military equipment for sale and they said well oh maybe we do do you see a pattern at all so they understand the global position. It's like a chess game to China. The United States is about making people feel good, about having a man dressed as a woman as a military admiral of some sort, and they tell that person, oh, don't worry, you know, look how inclusive we are. They go, great. Guess what? The bullet that's come from the bad... Yeah, they still come from the bad guys. You know, we're not understanding that, that we don't... <laughs> Bad guys don't care if you're a female male dressed like a this or, or you had this surgery or that surgery. Nobody, nobody cares. You understand that, right? They, they just look at you and they go, oh, wait, we want what you have. And so that's exactly what happened. You notice none of this happened under Bush. In fact, you realize that Bush was part of the, the way that the U.S. is building a second Panama Canal that we own. Much wider for our military ships, much wider for commerce. 
and we own it. Now, maybe another Democrat president is going to come along, sign some deal to get rid of it again in five or 20 years. I don't know. But it was the Republican. Listen, I'm not a a Bush diehard. I, I think he did and said some stupid things, right? Of course. But was I for him more than anybody else in the race? Oh, by far. You see, my goal wasn't to vote for the perfect person for the job. It was to vote for the perfect person for the job out of everybody that is applying for the job. It is the best person for the job. Right? Part of my job uh, over the last 17 years is to speak on radio. 3,000? 4,000 shows? 3,500? I don't know. 3,000 plus shows. So do you not think that I probably said something that was unclear or just outright wrong or dumb? Of course people do that. You do it. You do it in your own life. Maybe you do it when you talk to one person. But when the president goes before, including Biden, by the way, goes before a news conference and makes a mistake, he makes a mistake. We, I can get that. My contention is it's not. he's not making mistakes. I think he's just incompetent. I think the poor guy should have been put you know, out to pasture in a loving way. I don't mean hurt. I'm telling you, go, go on vacation and stay. Jill Biden knows how bad he is. Jill does 100%. And she's allowing the American people to go through this, to allow China to move along, to allow the incompetent people in the government to create stagflation where your retirement income just isn't going to be the same. It's a normal thing. Right? We've seen this. We've seen this before. But guess what? We usually see this because of Democrat philosophies and policies. In fact, I don't know of a time when Democrat policies weren't the sole or the by far the majority reason for something like stagflation. What you'd need is exactly what President Trump brought to the table. Now, I don't know if he's going to run again. I don't know if he's going to be the best person for the job again. I'd have to wait and see. But I can tell you his ideas and his philosophies, 100% pure, true, tried American success. And would you not think that if we have a strong government, if we have retirees that are solid and not afraid, if we have a strong local government, if we have a strong uh, self-preservation pride, that that's going to protect the Ukrainians? Of course. Or Finland? Yeah. Well, why? (laughs) Well, it's pretty simple. Because in this story, you're going to have a few things happening. Number one, you'll have the United States, who has its financial house in order, be able to go and buy cooperation. I mean, that's the way it works, guys. Right? We did that in all the wars, you know, for for many years now. We did that with the German generals in World War II. We said, hey, if you defect, if you stop, if you bring us this, we'll pay you. We'll we'll resettle your family in Pennsylvania or Michigan and and wherever you want to live and, and... you can now flee and come to the United States. We did that. And you ready for this? Psst, don't tell anybody. But we did it with the Iraqi generals in Desert Storm. Did you know that? We had the cell phone numbers. We had the phone numbers to the generals of the Republican Guard. And we gave them checks, cash, money. Here's a million, two million, five, whatever. Tell your team of 5,000 men to put down their guns. Don't fight. 
and will relocate you and your family to the United States. Surprise! The war was over in 10 days or whatever they did. Yeah, because we used all of the tools we had available, from bullets to, to satellites to missiles to the American dollar bill. We used it all. When you take away one of those tools, in other words, when the American dollar bill is not as powerful or important, then guess who comes knocking? Hi, yes, I'm China. Yes, I, I know. Listen, my goal is to not make America go away. No, 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 no. Your job is just to serve us. What, do you think we're going to serve ourselves? Come on now. No, no, no. The Uyghurs, yeah, we're, we're re-educating them. But we need you guys in the United States to buy our stuff and to serve us. So we don't want you to go away. We just don't want you to be important anymore. You see, that's China's job. They come knocking like they did in Panama. Like they did in Hong Kong. Like they did in Afghanistan. That's China's job. So they are very much involved in this stagflation, directly or indirectly, mostly. And it's the incompetence of our leadership. So we have to plan for this. We have to look at it and say, how, how financially can you still drive your cars and, and buy the new this and travel to here and live over there and, and not worry about your bills? Very simply. I want you to realize that income, we call it cash flow, is the answer. I don't know if it's the answer to everything, but it certainly is the answer to most things. Right, I love it. It's usually poor people that say, well, money will not make you happy. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm happier when I don't stand in line at the TSA. I'm happier if I fly on a private jet. <laughs> I'm happier if I, I can leave when I want to leave and not have to sit in, in downtown LA or, or airport traffic. Right, so if I had the money to fly in a private jet out of Van Nuys or Orange County or, or you know, John Wayne, one of the smaller airports, Ontario, and go wherever I want to go, boy, that would make me happier, wouldn't it? It would make me happier if I could, if I was a businessman or woman traveling back east, that I could have dinner with my family, get on a plane and fly when they're asleep, handle business and come back before the kids get home from school. That would make me happy. Oh, wait, that takes money. Oh, sorry. It makes me happy to have a car that doesn't get me stuck on the side of the freeway when I'm going, I don't know, over the grade, the 15 freeway or the 405 when it's 100 degrees outside and and my car overheats, yeah, that would make me happy to have a newer car that at least works. Oh, that takes money too. You know what else makes me happy? It's when my family's sick and I can make a phone call. And I don't mind one way or the other if my insurance covers it. Why? Because I have money if my family needs it. That would make me happy. Well, we can do this procedure. We, we need to do this test to know for sure, but you know it's not covered by insurance and it's $1,500. Great. Go ahead and do it. Here's my credit card number. Right? So, so you can say money doesn't buy happiness. I can do this all hour, guys. Your intelligence and maturity knows better, right? I'm not saying it's the only thing to happy. I think holiness is, is, is the answer. I don't think money... I think being a, a decent human being, I think honoring God, th these things matter, of course. 
But I also think, you, you know, some of us run around and as if we're holier than thou and say, money doesn't matter, money doesn't matter. And then you get home and it's, oh, it's a little chilly. Can you turn on the heat? Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Is that heat free? Of course not. Right, did you walk, walk home uh, barefoot, right? I'm sure. No. Oh, oh, no, they were shoes. Comfortables? Oh, wait, shoes that fit you? Oh, my gosh. You realize in half the world they just get the shoes that they get. There's no such thing as the exact pair of shoes that fit. Oh, yeah, that's because of money. And probably because they're made in China. How ironic is that? So I want you guys to do a couple of things. I want you to realize that the financial side of things through this stagflation, when supply chain is going to be limited, there's always, especially in the United States, there is always, ready for this? opportunity. We've had some of you come to my office recently. I say, well, how was business this year? How was business last year? They go, Arif, you know, at first we were a little concerned, but last year we made more money than we ever thought. Or last year, or, you know, the first year of COVID was a record year for us financially. Huh? Yeah. Some of you lost your business. The the gentleman and lady that, that owned that pizza restaurant I was talking about that they lost their chain. But there's opportunity for others, right? If somebody had this whole idea of opening up a restaurant, you could walk in. The landlord might say, listen, for just the the price of material and, and you give me a little bit of down payment, you can build this into your own pizza restaurant if you want, right? Whereas that person couldn't afford the million dollars or half a million dollars to, to redo a restaurant. But now the landlord is like, listen, I just want somebody in here. The last folks paid for it. They're gone. They're broke. Now there's opportunity for that young guy or gal right out of culinary school who had a brilliant idea but couldn't ever come up with the normal, quote, down payment money. Now they can. So I want you to look for opportunity in the story, not just the, the dread, you know, you know the, the dread uh, of society, right, or your, your story being so sad. We can feel bad for a minute. We can. But maybe in your financial life, you can step back. You lived your life. I've told you about the gentleman who worked for a defense contractor, has an amazing pension, and and now today uh, he works helping a a special needs child go through high school. The guy was brilliant, has a great pension, and he gets paid whatever minimum wage is for that, uh, or whatever the wage is, it's not very much, for the special needs helper carrying his backpack, helping take notes. Why? Because he answered the question of how is he going to care for his family financially for the rest of his life. Now it's about purpose. He retired at a young enough age. He's like, well, listen, I'm not just going to sit around in a rocking chair, wait to die, look forward to my next pharmacy visit, doctor's appointment, right? That's part of the challenge being older. How do you know? Because the only thing in your calendars are pharmacy visits, doctor appointments, hair appointments, and anything else you do, you arrive a half an hour to an hour early. That's, that's how you know you're kind of, okay, you need something to do, grandma, mom, dad, you got you to do something. Because you're a human being. 
and you need to be valuable and, and have, have a job to do. Some of you look at your children and they don't get it and they won't ever get it, not until they're your age. So you can't look to them to fill that purpose need. TFS Financial Insurance Services, our job, we, believe it or not, can help you with the financial side of things. 888-99-RETIRE. Our phone number, again, 888-997-3847. That's 888-99-RETIRE. Now, how can we... That, so that's our job. I can kind of coach you on some of the purpose, tell you what some of our clients have done. It's pretty amazing. I mean, you hear me tell the stories now and again. Some of them send in the emails and letters. By the way, if you want to send us an email, it's Arif at tfswealth.com. Stands for Total Financial Solutions. TFS. So Arif, A-R-I-F, at tfswealth.com. We share their stories. I share the, the cool emails because I want you to, to learn from them. But the purpose side of things... You got to understand the big picture. You got to understand there's a chess game going on between the United States and China. Russia is a declining empire. They're basically, I think this is their last straw. They may try one more thing. Will they do a nuclear attack? I don't know. I think it's I think it's better than 50% chance they're going to try something like that. Now, the only time that I think they won't is if one of his generals takes out Putin. I'm sorry, he's a child of God, although quite misled and wayward and maybe we'll never see him again, but I think he can't be on this earth anymore. He's killed a lot of people, just like Hitler did. Stalin, there's no difference. They're all cut from the same cloth for no reason. A lot of other ways to make a difference. But, you know, listen, when you're declining, when you have no power, you have to do something. It's just like the drunk man who comes home and he kicks the dog and beats up the wife. Why? Because he's overweight, he's lousy, he's been financial with money, nobody cares about him, he smells, and he beats the wife because she's the only one that won't fight back. So he picks on Ukraine. Surprise! The wife has been taking martial art lessons and Ukraine is doing pretty well. All right, guys, stay with me. Arif at TFSWealth.com. We're going to check your emails when I come back. Stay with me on the Total Financial Hour. Eric Hallaby, Triple E, 99 Retire, on AM870, The Answer. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with me. The Total Financial Hour, our second hour of the show. I appreciate you being here. Talking about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future. What is it all about? Give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847, and you talk to me if I can help you. Uh, maybe it's a Zoom call, maybe it's a, a phone call or an in-person meeting. If there's anything I can do, it'd be my pleasure. All right, we're talking about a few things here. I, I have a, a letter, or I should say an email. I want to get right to it because I think there might be some great conversation about how this applies to you. It's interesting because not all emails uh, do I answer uh, over the air because I say, well, this is such a unique 
singular approach. It really is just, you know, you're the, you're the one that has this concern. Other times, I'm like, this is the fourth time I've heard this this week, or in the last month, I've heard this seven or eight times. Okay, so this is pretty common. So I like to, to address it when it comes to, you know, applying to a larger group. All right, here's this one. And this is from Joseph and Lisa. Uh, Dear Earth, I love the idea of laddering my income and I want more guidance. Is it possible to leave some of my money in the 401k plan at work and transfer some? I'll be working for a couple more years. I'm 66 and my wife is 63. I'll have a good pension. It's about 3500 a month. That's not bad. At the age of 68. So that's two more years for him. I started working at this job a little later in life. Okay, that makes sense. Remember, part of this, I'm going to step away for just a second. Part of this is, uh, you, you know, you have different positions. Some of you might have tried your hand in small business. You've done other things, 1099 or whatever. Now you go get a job with the city or the county as an inspector or somebody who who is working in that world. And you're asking yourself, okay, what's what's the pension or what's the benefits? So you gave up something on one side, but you're going to receive something else. So maybe you started at the job at 52 or 50 or 49, as opposed to a lot of folks that might have started in their 20s and then retire at age 60 with a huge pension. Sometimes we we do it backwards and there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, I'll be working a couple more years. I'm 66 and my wife is 63 years old. I started working at this job a little bit later in life, but I currently have 500,000 in my retirement plan. That's a great job. I want to move about 400,000 of it to the safety that you talk about. I'll continue to add to the current one for the rest of the time that I'm working. Do you have any solutions or any ideas? Okay, so if you're still working for a company, and especially if, if they have a pension or they don't, and your concern is some of the risk that is associated with your current retirement plan, but you're not ready to leave there yet. After the age of 59 and a half, most employers, almost all of them, allow you to do something called an in-service rollover. That means you're still in service at the company. You still have the company 401k plan, retirement plan, school district, whatever it is. You can pick up that money, do a sideways transfer. It's called a rollover. It's not going to cost you any taxes. Shouldn't be any fees. Just a sideways move. Get it out of the limited options that the company 401k has and move it over into something else that you want to do. If it's safety, if it's that protection of principle, you might be able to put some or all of that in those fixed indexed accounts where you can get guarantees, you can get increasing income, uh, you give up on the upside, right? Don't expect to get 20% returns. That's probably never going to happen. But an average, three, four, five, six, sometimes zero, sometimes four, sometimes nine, sometimes two. You follow me? The average over time is between that three to eight, three to six, something like that. But here for Joseph, he can pick up 400000 of those dollars and move them over into safety. It sounds like to me he's probably putting the maximum amount in his account because he's done very well over uh, whatever relative short time he's been there. So I would do that. I'd say, well, we'd have to ask and see the rest of his financials, but I'd pick up 400000 move it from the risk side, move it out of there into safety. Now it's his own IRA. He has a lot of choices with it. He's going to be 68 when he leaves, so that gives him a couple more years to add. Figure with the the $100,000 that he leaves behind, plus a couple of more years of, of putting the maximum, he might get right back up to maybe maybe 200000 by the time he's done, one hundred and fifty to 200000 
So that amount of money, he can add to this account at a later date if he wants. He doesn't have to just leave it in the 401k. When he leaves the 401k, we can put it into another account if he wants or leave it in the stock, bond, mutual fund world. Because remember, I want multiple sources of income when you retire. Okay, so here's the, here's the trick. So you realize that he gets $3,500 a month in a pension, but he said he had to work a little bit later. So this tells me that he probably qualifies for Social Security. Because in the early part of his life, all you had to do is work 10 years. He might get some, maybe even a pretty good chunk of Social Security for himself. And maybe even for his wife. So because she is past the age of 62, I would ask them, hey, what is your, uh, what, uh, Lisa, what is your Social Security check now at age 63? Well, it's not very much. It might be 300 or 600. I'm gonna, I might say, turn it on, start it. Because Lisa... You're not going to get it later on in life. So you might as well start it now and get as much as you can and wait until you know a later date, maybe, maybe get the spousal portion at a later time. But it might make sense for her to start Social Security, her portion, right? The worker, her worker portion if she had a job and start that check now. If so, I might say, and then use that money to put the maximum in your Roth IRA, $7,000 a year. So we'd want to check. Lisa, do you have your own retirement account? If you don't, let's get one started. Create a Roth IRA. You can put $7,000 a year. Every single year that, that you or your husband has earned income, maybe he's going to stop working you know, at an earlier age than you will. Maybe you'll keep working. Whatever the case is, as long as there's earned income coming into the house, you can put into a Roth IRA. Now there's some rules. You just have to make sure you qualify. You might have to do something called a backdoor Roth. Right? So, so keep this in mind. Who makes the rules? Rich or poor people? Duh. You got it, right? Rich people make the rules. They've always made the rules. Surprise. That's not a big surprise, is it? You, you get it? Rich people have always made the rules to benefit themselves, their friends, and their family. That's an important distinction because if you don't understand that, if you don't think of that, then you start making decisions based on, in my opinion, the wrong set of facts. So you always ask yourself, what would the rules be to benefit a rich person and how can I follow behind? Because in the United States, because rich people make the rules, uh, surprise, our constitution says the rules apply to everybody. Now, figure it out, you win. Don't figure it out, you lose. So that's the real big catch, right? They apply to everybody. That's why you used to spend a lot of money sending your kids off to school to go get the rules. Go figure it out. What do I do? Go. And then come back and tell us what they are. So because rich people have made the rules and, and they apply to everybody, your job now is just to figure out what they are buried in 1.6 million Google searches because that's the problem right? In, in the world of trying to find something, it's not that the information isn't available anymore. It's just that there's too much information. Some of it is wrong. Some of it is opinion. Some of it is baloney. How do you figure out what is what? So that's kind of the, the challenge now. It's not that we can't get the information. It's I don't get the information that is applicable to me. So back to Joe and Lisa. He has 500000 in his retirement plan. He's going to leave about 100000 behind you can use that 100000 to live on later on. But why do I like that? 
Because if at any time in the next couple of years he needs to borrow money, he can take out $50,000 from his 401k as long as he's still employed up to 50000 Now it's half. So if you have $40,000 in your retirement account, you can only borrow twenty. If you have a hundred, you can borrow fifty. If you have two hundred thousand in there, you can still only borrow fifty. So the hundred thousand is the right number to have. If your goal is to have it as a backup to buy something, to do something, you know, buying we we had clients buy investment property with it, right? So they took out money tax free. You have to make the payment back, but you the, the payment you make is your interest it goes back into your own account, including the interest payment. So you can repay it slowly or all of it. And if you don't pay it back, you say, you know what? I, I quit before I paid back the loan. That's okay. Guess what? It becomes a taxable event. Surprise, it would have anyway. Right? If you borrowed 50000 and you paid back twenty, and then you retire, resign, or quit, well, you can keep making the payments in most cases, or it just becomes a taxable event. Here, the rest of this 30000 this is taxable to you. So you have to you have to make those checks payable back. But you got to buy an asset, didn't you? And you secured 400,000. And in some cases we have bonuses, which is an additional match to the account to make up some of the losses. You see some of you have losses in your retirement accounts. And you're past the age of 59 and a half. We're allowed to pick up some or part of that, move it over and get a bonus. Now the bonus can sometimes be um you know, pre-funded interest. In other words, you might get a lower interest rate later, but you've you've jump-started it, you've uploaded it, you put the extra cash in today. So maybe it makes sense for you, maybe not. Maybe sometimes a bonus isn't the right thing for you. But because Joe has, Joseph has left this account open, he's going to continue to add to it. He still gets the matching. That doesn't change. The matching for the existing plan, every time he puts money in, the company will match it. Hopefully they have a profit sharing plan. Maybe they do. That might be part of the reason that his balance got pretty high in a, in a short, shorter period of time. So maybe he'll he'll add the twenty four, twenty five thousand. Maybe they'll add some money and and right. So we could get this back up to two hundred thousand before he's ready to to retire. And depending on the account he chooses with us, he could be back up to four fifty five hundred thousand or more when he's ready to retire. You see, it's about all of those different pieces and parts. So what is the five sources of income? Really, that's my, that's my goal. Remember that. Five sources of income in retirement. Well, Joe and Lisa, because he worked later in life, I'm assuming he worked at a place and qualified for Social Security. Number one, Social Security for him. Number two, Social Security for his wife. Number two, ready for this? I love it. The pension. Now, I don't think pensions are going to last forever but there's something and they're good and I'll take it. And it's part of the deal. So maybe they're going to discount it a little bit. Some of you need to come to that movie that we have coming up. It's called the baby boomer dilemma. I think you should attend. It's free. It's an opportunity for you to come. You get some free popcorn too. It's called the baby boomer dilemma dilemma. It's June 11th in Santa Clarita. It's at the Limley theater. You got to give us a call at triple eight, 99 retire eight, 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 nine, nine, seven, Three eight four seven. You can bring people if you want. You can bring friends. It's called the Baby Boomer Dilemma. It's a, about an hour and a half movie in the morning on Saturday. All right, give us a call. We'll get you the rest of the details. All right. So he has his pension. 
his social security, his wife's social security, that's three sources of income. The 400,000 that he moves over to us, that's 400, four uh, sources of income. I'll tell you the next one in just a second, but let's review. His social security, because he worked at a previous job, maybe it's not going to be very much. They might discount it because he has a pension. I get it. Maybe he'll work another couple of years and boost his social security because he's not going to be bored. I don't want him to sit around and do nothing. Maybe he'll work part-time, golf course, uh, shooting range, whatever it is that makes him happy. Maybe she's going to keep working. The point is, social security, there's a way to salvage it or even increase it, even if you have a pension. So his pension, his social security, her, her portion, whether it's the spousal portion or whether it's her own, the 400000 they have with us, we build a reliable retirement income strategy with it. Super easy to do. And that 401k that's left behind, it's going to be 150, 200000 by the time he retires. That extra money, that's another source of income. So now he has five sources of income in different places, pension and social security. They're not related. They're not correlated. Safer money with us and the stock market. They're not correlated. Right? So the idea of, well, the real estate market is up and the stock market is down and interest rates are up. And uh, uh, he just goes, oh, wow, look at that, honey. Look at the TV. Wow. Oh, did that check cash? Yep, sure did. It deposited yesterday. Great. Well, that's exciting. Right? So your life should not be about the gambling that most people, even according to Warren Buffett, most financial advisors gamble with your money. Most, most financial companies, listen, Warren Buffett is the enemy to a lot of these Wall Street folks because he makes it very clear. He said the only way for people that are in the financial advisory business, right, stockbroker people, not us, the opposite of us, the only way for people to make money is to gamble with your investments. Sometimes gambling pays off, by the way. No question about it. Sometimes it doesn't. He says, look, if, if you want to be boring, systematically invest and save, there isn't a place for the financial advisor to make money because they only make money, especially big money, if they put your money in a place where there's risk because risk and fees go hand in hand. I, I just don't think you should pay or have risk and have fees in a retirement account. Because if you have a loss, can you write it off on your taxes? Oh, you can't, can you? Huh. Oh, well, 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 at least you can write the fees off. Oh, wait, you can't, can you? Hmm. Well, at least if you've held that asset and you worked at that job for 10, 20, 30 years, can't you write off or have the lower of the, um, the tax tax bracket, right? In other words, called capital gains, long-term capital gains. Can you write off that if you if you had your stock bond, mutual funds, you had your, your risk retirements account in the market, at least you get the benefit of the lower taxes. No, you don't. Huh. So you get none of the tax breaks on the earnings, none of the tax breaks on the loss. And at the end of the story, you don't get any tax break on the fees. So you have to ask yourself, 
Where is, what's the job of retirement? In my opinion, retirement income is a predictable, safe, guaranteed. You want to go take a risk? I'm all for it. Heck, that's how the United States was, was created, was men and women took risks. In business, men and women took risk. Henry Ford, he took a risk with the, getting the V8. Right? Steve Jobs, you can go on and on. The country is built on men and women that took risk. But don't do it with your retirement account. Because you have other people counting on you. And if you decide to take a risk, that's your business. But if you decide to take a risk and you lose, who's going to take care of the people that you said you care about? I don't know. In this case of Joe and Lisa, he's able to come to it. Joe uh, figured this out early on by saying, I'm going to continue to add to the current account. Look, you can do dollar cost averaging. The market is very volatile. I don't know where he's putting his money in his, in his current 401k, but if he has it in a higher risk place, hopefully he's getting a match. There's one benefit. And hopefully he can dollar cost average, meaning he's buying every month, every week, every two weeks systematically. The benefit of having a retirement plan at work that you can add to is what's called the dollar cost averaging. That's a great tool. You're buying, you're buying high, buying high, buying low, buying medium. That's systematic buy. Now, when you're not doing that, if it's an old retirement account, all you're doing is going, we're rich, we're poor, we made it, we lost it. There's not really any incentive because you're not buying when it's down and you're not cashing in when it's high. So just ask yourself, listen, if, if I go from risk to safety, if I cash in the gains, does my broker... Does my financial team, does Wall Street still get paid? If you go from risk to money market, you can ask them. Hey, you know, what are my fees? What are my annual fees if I go into the money market account? Do I still pay the same fees? And they're going to say, well, you know, well, our goal is to give you service. And our goal is to provide a quality, you know, they'll use big words. I just saw one of these the other day. It's to use the quality of the ability for the organization to feel like it's providing value. And you go, wow, that sounds... So please let us know if we can serve you better for the value of what we're providing. And you go, oh gosh, well, I'll take two of those. And then in the end, all I want you to do is ask a couple questions. They have great letterhead. And man, have you seen some of the paper? It's like 20 pound paper or something. It's, it's very well done. Hold it up to the light. You'll see linen, little cotton strands. All I want you to do is keep it simple. You look at it and you say, hey, how much did I put in? What is it today? And what did it cost me to get there? How much did I put in? What is it today? And what were my fees? Costs, charges, they can call them Mickey Mouse in a box. doesn't matter to me. What did I have to pay to get to that dollar figure today? And if you like the number, you go, great, it's a good deal. I'm never against an advisor making millions of dollars as long as they made their clients tens of millions of dollars. But should they be paid for, for what? To hold your money? That, that's not the job. Their job should be to make you money. That's what I think it is anyway. I mean, that's me. So ask yourself, inflation is, was well over 11% in April. You understand that. 11%. 
the market is down and you lost some money or a lot of money, I don't know. Is there a way to have a protection of some or part of your money? Yes, there is. If that's what you want, we can help. We can do it in all sorts of ways. Maybe I can talk with you and, and help put together something. If not, maybe at least you'll get reinforced. I'll tell you something this, that was fun this week. This was very interesting. I think it was Monday or Tuesday. Met with a gentleman, came in my office. I think he listens to the show, so he'll know who he is. I looked at his accounts. It was probably 10, maybe 15 minutes. And I said at the end, I said, hey, you know what? I'm telling you this. I like what you have. There's nothing I would do different. He said, what do you mean? I said, I like what you have. I'm happy where you are. I wouldn't make any changes. And he really wanted to work with us. It was very sweet, very nice. He said, is there anything you can do for us? I go, well, let me see. Let me see. Well, I like, there might be one little area that I can help. But otherwise, your, your retirement accounts, I kind of like where they are. When you retire, when you leave your job, if you do something different, I might be able to help you. But right now, I wouldn't make a change. And it's funny. And he started laughing. He sat back in his chair and he said, well, so you really do have a chance to tell us in 15 minutes or less. I didn't, didn't really pay much attention at the time. I didn't realize it was less than 15 minutes. But when he mentioned it, I looked at the clock. He said, you really do have uh, the ability to tell me in 15 minutes or less if you can help me. I said, well, yeah, I sure can. Absolutely. So sometimes a second opinion or a reinforcement of your opinion can make a big difference. I'm going to tell you, hey, things are great. I like where you are. I wouldn't make any changes. Okay? And to, as long as we have an administration that blames Putin for everything, takes no responsibility, it's the same thing as people trying to solve a problem by not knowing what the problem is. The solution has to line up with the problem. Until you identify the problem, all of your efforts of trying to solve is, are going to be just kind of a guess. And stagflation and inflation, they are here. So, Joe and Lisa, I like the idea of putting some of it. I don't know if I'd do all 400000 maybe a little less. Maybe I'd split it into two different accounts. But if you want to take 400000 out of the five hundred and leave the market and get into safety for the next two, three, four years, I like that idea. Before you start taking income out of the account, there's some really good places we can go. Give us a call, guys, at 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. We're here every week at this time. I've got another email for you. This one is pretty interesting. I'll tell you because we're starting to see this a little bit more in our lives, and it's, I bet it's affecting a lot of you as well. So the second email, I think, is very applicable to, to what we're seeing. In fact, I think it was three or four this week that came in similar you know, to something in the same kind of theme when we come back. Be very careful about your family's finances, guys, because you're the only one that's going to watch it. And you might say, I'm still kind of learning. It doesn't matter. You have to take control. And we can help you with that. That's our job. We're here, 888 retire 888-997-3847. Stay with me on the Total Financial Hour. If you want to send an email, go to Arif at tfswealth.com. That's Arif, A-R-I-F, at tfswealth.com. The Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. Stay with me. We'll be right back. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Hour. Now Arab has a plan for me. Higher income strategy. 
Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about finance. Hey there, thanks for staying with me. Arab Halabi talking about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future. Got some great ideas. Uh, this is an interesting email, and I think you're going to find it interesting because we're starting to see this trend occur more and more. Uh, and and here's what it is. I think we are getting really a, a change in the financial world. And here's what I mean by that. There's a transfer of wealth happening. I mean, we've talked about it for years in our industry from the greatest generation, right, to the baby boomers. Uh well, when I answer that, when I talk about that, it's it's based on a couple of things. Specifically, ready for this? Some of you baby boomers, 1946, you're starting to pass away. So it's not just your parents, the greatest generation, the World War II generation, passing and leaving money to the baby boomers. A lot of it is you early baby boomers, God forbid, but some of you are passing away in your late 60s, early 70s, and you're now leaving it to your kids that are the 30s and 40-year-olds. So we have kind of both things happening. We have people inheriting money in their 60s and 70s from their parents that lived, you know, 80, 90 years old. Then we're also having that first kind of wave of baby boomers are also passing away and leaving money. Now, baby boomers were the first to really push the college education thing because their parents were farmers and worked in factories and had, had um, independent jobs, those kinds of things. So they really pushed because that was the answer, was to go find information, go over there, which was the you know, educational institutions, go get knowledge and come and bring it back. And then the parents would, you know, uh, junior, I want you to be a doctor, marry a doctor, be a lawyer, marry a lawyer. Right? Remember that? That's what your parents wanted. That was the thing. Be a doctor, marry a doctor, be a lawyer, marry a lawyer. All of us wanted our kids to do or be that. So all of a sudden today, what are you getting? Well, you're getting that generation, right? The children, some of them saying, I don't want to go to college. Or they drop out or they go get a job in, uh, you know, humanities or something, studies or something like that. that. That, you know, women's studies of the 25th century of Northern whatever. The only thing you're going to ever do is teach to teach. <laughs> you have no value. I'll tell you what, if you want a degree... Here's what I have encountered. If you want a degree in business or psychology, that to me, that's the ticket. Because I use my psychology stuff from, from my college classes. I use that on the police department to understand people, to get what people needed. I would tell you that. That's probably my, the most valuable in business was psychology, understanding people in negotiations. I don't mean you know closing your eyes and just sitting through it, but reality is, you know, your parents, you're going to learn from them. You're going to learn from a variety of people. But you better understand the human condition, I think. Okay? Because I think you don't have that feeling. And the feeling you don't have is that one day you're going to be in charge of a lot of money because somebody's going to pass away and give it to you. And that's exactly what happened. This is from Dan. 
Dear Arif, my wife and I, no, sorry, dear Arif, I'm in good health and so is my wife. We just inherited $1 million from my wife's mother. We are both in our late 50s and I don't want to, and I don't want to go through the same financial issues as her mom went through during the last phases of her life. It was due to her, due to the high cost for her health care. And this lasted for over two years. She was in assisted living. Prior to that, she had home health care. And we spent a lot of money on these services. Is there any way to make sure that the financial and health care costs that are combined in most cases, can be achieved and satisfy our needs with part or all of this inheritance. My concern is that one of us may need care and spend all the money that we have and then the other could live into their 90s. That's pretty important. How do we make sure that we don't make that mistake? Okay, guys, and this is from Pete. Pete, this is a great question for a lot of reasons. One of those is people don't realize that the idea of planning for health care, you don't get Medicare. Medicare does not give you long-term care insurance. You have to specifically buy long-term care insurance or I'm going to, I got a, a solution for you here in a minute, or you have a plan or a program that can help supplement your long-term care, chronic illness, critical illness type costs. Well, here's what happens. One of you is super healthy. The other one isn't. You have to spend your own money, your group money, your family money to care for the other person. Meanwhile, the healthy, you know, survivor is broke into their 60s and 70s and 80s and has to work because they spent money for the care for the other person. And that's scary, but that's basically what happens. And all of us, me and you included, are going to say, well, that's okay. We love our husband or our wife. You know, I would care for my wife and spend our last penny. That's what we do. But if there's a way to not have to drain your bank account, if there's a way to not have to drain your retirement savings and still have the care, wouldn't you want to know about it? Well, Pete, here's the answer. We're both in our late 50s and in good health. Okay, that matters a lot to me because... There are life insurance policies that can do what we call hybrid or do two salute, do two things at the same time. One of those is if one of you passes early from whatever rare disease, I mean, it happens, people die, accidents, etc. There is a, through a life insurance policy, a tax-free transfer of dollars to the survivor. The survivor can use that for all sorts of things. Now, there are other plans that, that let you, and in, in some cases, it's, it's the same plan. You can receive the, the big chunk of money in the form of long-term care payments. So if you have a, a $500,000 life insurance policy, and in 10, 15 years, whenever, maybe you're 80 years old, whatever it might be, and you need long-term care, you can start withdrawing against that 500000 ready for this, tax-free. So it's another bucket of money that you can leverage, meaning what will it cost you to get $500,000 in life insurance? I don't know, maybe $20,000 a year for five years or something. Could be something like that. 
So, so yes, you can take big chunks of the money that you inherited and leverage it, maybe a two for one or a three for one, depending on your health and your age. Meaning for every $100,000 you put in to a life insurance policy, it can get you long-term care and a death benefit tax-free, but instead of 100, maybe 300, maybe 250, maybe 350, right? You can accelerate and amplify what you can do. Because the benefit of that $1 million from your wife's mother, I'm assuming it's tax-free, or, or that's, that's the, the end of it after taxes are, are taken out, is I would take that million dollars and I would spread it around. I'd ask whether or not you have any debt. Right? Remember, debt, if you have you know, $3,000 a month going out in debt, that means you have to make maybe 5000 a month. Make 5000 come in, pay the taxes, give the 3000 pay off the debt. If we don't have the 3000 anymore that goes out the back door to pay off debt, if we can pay off that, then the $5,000 doesn't have to come in the front door. Pretty nice, huh? So there can be a leveraging, a savings on that side where we're not concerned about the other side of things. I like that because in your particular case and in mine, it sounds like we love and care for our family. We want to care for them. I'd prefer to leave money behind to my children. And that's part of the life insurance process, right? Let's leave behind to our children, not our retirement accounts, but our paid off house or rental property or our life insurance. Because all of those things, believe it or not, are tax free. But you can also use the life insurance if you happen to have a chronic illness or we want proper care. There's a big difference between crummy uh, care. You guys have seen it. Some of you know very well. Assisted living or retirement homes that are just a mess. Disgusting. And others that are honorable and decent. Giving the right, uh, you know, paying homage, if you will, to the life that your mother and father have lived and the people they have cared for. I want decency and respect for them. And believe it or not, the best you can keep right at their own home, that's better. Let's keep them at home. Well, that's not cheap either. So, so we can do this. We just have to plan. So you both are in your late 50s. What do we do? We take a big chunk of that $1 million. We buy a life insurance policy that also gives us long-term care benefits and a tax-free death benefit. So if both of you survive, if everything's great, you can make the children the beneficiary of it. In fact, you can make it so that your children are the beneficiary of it and, and circumvent your spouse if you don't need it, if your spouse doesn't need it. So the kids can have their inheritance early after one of you passes away. They can use it for whatever they want and it is tax-free to them because whatever is it, it's life insurance. The high cost for health care, I expect that to inflate with the Biden inflation, the, the, the 11% Biden inflation that's here. I expect them to get something, oh, probably around 10% a year. That's, about, that's what we're going to get probably for two years. The Congress being in Republican hands, hopefully they're not the weak, feckless Republicans. There's a bunch of them there. Can you say Mitt Romney? Maybe just like the example. Oh, wait, wait. What's her name? Oh, yeah. Olympia. Um, oh, my gosh. I can't believe I forgot her name. <laughs> my uh, my Alaska friend. Uh, 
I'll remember her, Alaska Senator. I say friend with the lowercase f. Right? Because part of what you want in your life is to make sure that you vote for the right people. Sometimes, yeah, Lisa Murkowski. Thank you, Producer Joe. Lisa Murkowski. And what's our other friend back in uh, in the New England world? The other, uh, Lisa Murkowski, Mitt Romney. Yes, Maine. Thank you. Oh, geez. You guys are early. Susan Collins. Gosh, I, I know these names better than I know my own family members. And today, all right, I got to take my... My my memory, what is that, the memory drugs? I'm 54, i got to take memory drugs already. <laughs> Do I think the Republicans will make a difference if they're there? For sure they will. Especially, especially if we can get it up to 58, 59, or 60. Right, if you can get 60, 62 senators in there that are conservative, we can lose one or two of the weak ones and gain a Joe Manchin, for example. Gain... Maybe a, a, a cinema out of Arizona. Why? Because she knows she's on the fence. She knows she barely won that race slash probably didn't really win that race. If you watch 2000 Mules, you'll get an idea of how a lot of these senators and the president may or may not have actually won the race. I'm convinced. Watch the watch the movie 2000 Mules, by the way. I'm convinced that there was enough fraud in the election. I've told you before. I know there was fraud. You know there was. The mainstream media even admits it. First they said, oh, there's no fraud. No fraud. Okay, there was a mild fraud. Mild fraud. Yeah, there was because there's evidence. There's video evidence. But it's not enough to affect the election. And then they said, oh, there might have been fraud throughout, but it still wasn't enough to affect the election. Because they know we would cease to exist as a, as a country because the left has hijacked the democracy of voting, right? the democratic process. But I think you need to still vote for the Republicans. I think you need to. I think you need to get involved. And my retiree friends, right, You're, you guys, I know you want to sit and you want to clean out the garage. Oh, I have my workshop. I'm going to build my workshop. No, no, no. Right now you need to bust your tail. You need to volunteer. You need to wear the T-shirts, hand out the flyers. Be informed in the arguments, Get to the school board and talk facts. Don't call them names. What are you, a liberal? Right? That, that's what they do when they lose an issue. I can always tell. When I'm asking about the abortion uh, issue, I say, look, guys, I'm, I'm not super clear on all this. Just tell me, when, when is it a baby? You know, when does it go from a group of cells to a baby? I don't know that answer. I haven't spent enough time on it. It's, it's certainly, I don't think it's just the heartbeat, but maybe it is. I think, but if it looks like a baby, right? If it looks like a, a puppy dog, we would say it's a puppy dog, right? If it's on the side of the road and somebody threw it out the door, you go, oh, that's a puppy dog. You wouldn't let that happen. So somewhere between a group of cells and nine months old and one day, it's a baby. Find that timeout, right? Find that middle. When you, when you have that discussion with a group of liberals, they run up and down and say, oh, you're trying to control my body, I would say, no, I would never make you get a vaccine. What do you mean? They go, oh, <laughs> that's not what I meant. Right? Because the system is set up for me and you to have an argument. Remember when we were kids called debate class? What's your facts? What's your argument? Oh, wait. How many names can you call the other person? So I want to encourage you 
as you're retired or, or as you financially are independent, you don't, well, they fired me at the job. Well, who cares now? You have your own money. That's why I'm telling you to become financially independent. I don't mean a billionaire. You know, it's not right for everybody. It's not meant for everybody. Not even tens of millions for everybody. But I think, I love all of you. But I think if you are financially independent and you don't stand up for what's right, you're a coward. Sorry. You can change that. But look in the mirror and say, you know what? I don't need anybody's permission to make money anymore. And I still don't stand up for what's right because I don't want our feelings. I want your feelings. Are you kidding me? You think anybody cares about your feelings? What feelings are you talking about? The feelings that, that inflation is killing the, the lower income people? Oh, how about the feelings to the lady who, who was abused and attacked and assaulted coming over the border because she was lied to because Biden's administration makes that an easy thing to do? Oh, how about the kids that died in the middle of the, the Sonoran Desert? Oh, yeah. Do you have feelings for them? Let's have some courage, you guys. Maybe you donate your money to causes, right? Prager University. They are so effective. They are trying to be shut down every which way from Tuesday. They're going after them. Maybe that's the place you send money. What about a hospital that cares for the innocent, cares for the the poor and the vulnerable? Maybe you can send money to Providence. Right? I sit on the board there with full disclosure. I wouldn't if I didn't think that what they did was the right thing. There are things you can do and stand up. And if you're going to run around and not want to offend me because I don't want to offend you because you're offending me about offending you and I want to hurt your feelings so I'm going to not so forgive me for offending you with your feelings. If you're going to be one of those people just join the Democrat cause or go live in a jungle and build a little wall around your house. But if you have children or grandchildren nieces or nephews now is the time to be courageous. Look, Pete, we can care for you and your wife. There's a plan. If you're in good health, you mentioned you were. That means you probably have heard of these types of plans. They're life insurance policies. They're indexed universal life. There's some good ones. There's some not so good ones. There's some expensive ones that I would avoid like the plague. And there's some inexpensive ones. There's a way to kind of build it where it's right for you and your family, not for the broker or the, or the, the financial professional. Right? You want to build it the correct way. I had somebody the other day, they came in with one. In fact, it was Wednesday. Wednesday, And they had a group of them from AIG. I don't always like AIG products. In fact, most of the time I don't. But in this case, I said, you know what? These are good. I wouldn't change them. He said, are you kidding me? And his broker had passed away. So it was sad. He said, my agent's gone. Can you be the agent of this one? We don't get paid anything. It's just we become the agent of record. I said, well, let me take a look. I said, I actually like them. I wouldn't make any changes. We can be the agent if you want, but there's no, there's no, I wouldn't get rid of it or sell it or anything. Are you kidding me? You, really, it's that good? I said, well, it, it may not be an A+, plus, but it's good enough to keep, and I wouldn't make any changes. So there are things like that when you have products that are built properly. Right? There's some really good ones out there. I love com- AIG is a great company. All of these are great companies. Sometimes the products I'm not a fan of because sometimes they're built with the agent in mind, not with the client. 
So I just want to make sure that you're doing it the right way for you and your family. And if we take care of that, right? In, in the life insurance world, you make the payment. Your partner's with that life insurance company for life, come heck or high water. They don't care what happens to you. That's why it's difficult to get in. Once you're in the door, it's over. They, they own you. You own them. But what I want you to do is say, okay, I've taken care of a lot of my financial needs. Hey, guys, now I'm going to make a difference in society. Disney executives have been quiet about this crazy parental rights thing. What if you were to stand outside? What if you were to organize a private protest in front of Disneyland? What if you were to make a private protest, you know, a a protest in front of uh, Disney Walk? Right? These kinds of things. What do you want? The left to be the only ones that do it? Look, conservatives are busy. We have jobs, but not if you're retired, not if we can build a great financial life for you or you've built it ahead, right? What if you've done a really nice job of building and now you have the time? Because you understand a lot of people behind the scenes don't have the time. Maybe you work for presidential or campaigns coming up or congressional campaigns. Go out and collect signatures for Gascon. Recall. Let's get rid of that guy. Because I want you to have a few things in life that make a difference. And the things that I want you to have that make a difference is 10 years from now, 20 years from now, your kids will look back because remember, they record everything This isn't like when you were a kid in the 50s, 60s, or 70s, when all of a sudden, you know, unless you took a picture with the Polaroid or or the Kodomatic thing or you wrote it down in a journal, it's just your memories. Hard to remember. A painting, that's it. Today, it's saved on bits, you know, zeros and ones somewhere, forever. Well, is that the kind of life you want remembered? The guy who said, well, I'm just not going to offend anybody. I just, you know, I just want to get by to get along, right? Uh, I'm, I'm going to sit on the sidelines. I'm watching the country. You know, it's sinking. But heck, I just don't want to, you know, hurt any feelings. I think some of you need to stand up. I, I do. You have the money. You have the time. Your kids and grandkids are going to look back at you. They're going to say, I'm proud of grandpa. I'm proud of my aunt or proud of my uncle or I'm not. You don't have to always have people agree with you, but you do have to have people respect you. Please don't confuse the two. Respect for you is much more important than agreement. Now, not on the left, not today. Right? Is everything from from Bitcoin to to stocks and the S&P and whatever. All of it is having its crazy day. What will it be at the end? I don't know. I don't know. How much are people going to make or lose? I don't know. But stagflation is here. And you have to protect your family. You have to grow. Get, listen, I would get a family farm. I, I would learn how to grow through uh, you know, a local, local farmer's market. I, I would support local farmers. I would get an aquaphonic type uh, you know, garden in your backyard where you're circulating water through, nutrient-filled water, maybe fish, right? I mean, these things, uh, you don't have to go back to the pioneer days, but you certainly have to understand that you have to count on you and your family. 
because the government isn't going to do it and you need to stand up so that you can protect yourself. Hey guys, thanks for being a part of the show. I always like it. I always like it to hear, hear from you. 888-99-RETIRE and give me a call anytime. 888-997-3847 or send me an email at arif, A-R-I-F, at tfswealth.com. Arif at tfswealth.com. Having you a part of the show makes me feel like I'm making a difference. And as long as I do that, I'll be here for you. I appreciate it. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Halaby. Learn about financial power. The total financial hour. Now Arif has a plan for me. Higher income strategy. I'll retire comfortably. Thanks to Arif Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.